I'm going to ask you to take your Bibles. We're looking together in the book of Ephesians today. So if you want to turn to the New Testament, uh, we're, we're starting a series. This is our summer series. It's going to be this year. It's building Christian character. And some of you say, well, wait a minute. What are you saying? I'm just saying that the Lord is always constantly working in our lives and being able to help provide us to become more like Christ, always shaping and building character. And regardless what stage of life we're in, He's just constantly at work giving us new challenges. So we just need to be aware of that. And so we're going to pick up today in Ephesians chapter 4. These are verses that you're very familiar with, very practical verses. They help describe to us the change that takes place when you become a Christian. So let's pick up with verse 25, read down through the end of the chapter, verse 32. It says, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor, for we are members of one another. Be angry. Do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no more, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to, to give to him who is in need. Let no corrupt speech or no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification, that it may impart grace to the hearers. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking, but put away from you with all malice. Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. And let's have prayer together. Lord, will you bless this time? What a wonderful day, beautiful day you've given us, a day that we saw some baptisms, a day in which we've been able to dedicate these young babies, children. Lord, day as we realize Bible school's coming up, we're just thrilled. Thank you, Lord, for just working. And I just ask now, your word is so powerful that today may you once again use it to touch our hearts and lives. Continue, Lord, to be at work in each one of us. Help us to not be satisfied where we are, but help us to draw closer and nearer to you. And we ask your blessings now. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. There was a missionary couple that were serving in China. And you say, in China? I didn't think they allowed missionaries in China. Well, this was actually before communism. And then the communists had come. So that we're going back into the 1940s, the late 40s. So this couple was serving in China, and then word came that they were going to be having to leave. And so soldiers came around, and they said, hey, tomorrow, or actually they said in just a few hours, we're going to be back. About six hours, I think, is what they gave them. You can take 200 pounds with you, but you have to leave, and you can take 200 pounds. So they started thinking, what, what are we going to take? We're only allowed 200 pounds. That, that adds up pretty quick. And so, you know, they had a vase that was a family heirloom. They said, that's got to go. They had a, not a typewriter. You know, it's, it's been a while. So they had a typewriter that's brand new. <laughs> and they said, well, that's a lot of weight, but we're gonna, we need, want to take the typewriter. And then they had some books, just some different things. And so they, they had finally agreed, and they had 200 pounds exactly. Soldiers showed back up, and they said, okay, you all ready to leave? You got your 200 pounds? They said, exactly. And then they said, what, did you weigh your children? And they said, what? Did you weigh your children? Uh, 
they decided that some of the other things that they thought were a priority didn't have to come. They had to weigh their children. The typewriter, some of those books, other things, it really didn't matter. You know, isn't it funny sometimes in life how we get so consumed and distracted that we kind of get our priorities messed up? And then something will happen that will cause us to realize, wait a minute, family, our children are much more important than this. Our children, being with our children, raising our children, pointing them to God, teaching them about God, much more important than some of the things that we're spending our time doing. And so many times, we kind of get ourselves off track. I'm so glad that God is constantly at work shaping us, molding us, getting us back on track. Sometimes we're resisting God because we've got our priorities messed up and we're not even aware of it. And God's trying to get our attentions to get us back to where we need to be. You know, I'm so grateful that God makes a change within us. When you become a Christian, He makes a change within you. You're not the same. And so when you become a Christian, here's what, write this verse down. You know it, but write it down. 2 Corinthians 5.17. You'll want to be able to, to, to look it up again. If any man's in Christ, any person is in Christ... You're a new creation. The old's gone, the new's come. Why are you a new creation when you give your life to Christ? Because the Holy Spirit of God comes and lives within you. And that makes you a brand new creation. The Holy Spirit seals you to the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit's a part of your life. The Holy Spirit, you know Romans 8.28, but do you know eight, Romans 8.29? Eight, Romans 8.29 tells us that the Holy Spirit is trying to conform us to the very image of Christ. So part of His goal is to make you look like Christ. And so He's at work in your life constantly to make you like Christ. You're a new creation, a new creature. You now have eternal life because of Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit living within you. So you're a new person. You have a new calling. You have a new purpose and direction in life. Many people live life with no purpose. To them, life has no meaning. But once you find Christ, life has meaning. We're living not for just now, but for eternity. We're living with a purpose. We know God. We walk with God. We're living with a purpose. Verse or 25 started off with a therefore. And what is he talking about? Well, when you go back, for example, you go all the way back to verse 1. He says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling which you were called. What called? What calling? The calling to be able to live for Jesus Christ. Let me ask you something. If you become a Christian and that makes you as a Christian, because of Christ's righteousness being placed within you, worthy for heaven, why does God not just go ahead and take you on to heaven? Why does He leave us here upon earth? He leaves us here upon earth because He's called each of us to be a witness for Him. 
to be an ambassador for Him, to be a representative for Him. And so we each want every single person that has Jesus Christ living within you, the Holy Spirit within your life, you have a calling on your life to be able to reflect Jesus Christ, to look like Jesus Christ, to make a difference for Jesus Christ. There is no exception. It's not just a calling that's given to preachers, to pastors. It's a calling that's given to every single person, every one of us. We're called to make a difference for Jesus Christ. So it's a new calling given for us. It's a meaning. It's a purpose in life. You see, we have, we're, we're new citizens of heaven. We're just pilgrims now passing through. We're on our way to heaven. And we're left here. We are ambassadors. We're the representatives, God's representatives down here upon earth. That's why we're here to make a difference. So there is a change that has taken place when you become a Christian within us. And that change should be seen in how we live. If you're a Christian, there should be a difference between you and the non-Christian. People should be able to take up on that difference. And so here, the verses that we've read, Paul begins to outline some of the differences. For example, he says, lying, lying should not be happening in your life. It needs to be replaced with truth. So therefore, put away lying. You're a Christian? Well, here's what you need to do. When he says put away, that word has to do like taking off clothing. So it's just like this jacket was representing lying. He'd say, you know what you need to do? Take that off. And so you confess that to the Lord and say, Lord, remove this from my life. Put it away. I want to put in truth. There ought to be a difference. And notice that he says, uh, for we're members of one another. We represent Christ. We represent one another. And so your lies, not just a, don't, they not only affect you, but they impact all of us as Christians. You're representing Christ. You're representing His church, the body. So it's important that we each one replace lying with truth. Not just that, but verse 26, he tells us, we're going to replace anger, out-of-control anger, with anger that's in control, out-of-control anger, rage. Paul warns us about that. He says, be angry and sin not. I'm going to tell you something. Most people, when they get angry, they sin. <laughs> they say stuff they shouldn't say. There's a rage that takes place. Sometimes that rage is because there's unforgiveness. Sometimes there's just, it's just selfishness. Sometimes it's just been modeled and we just had fallen into a trap. We were almost enslaved by our emotion. Now, he, Paul says it's, it's not wrong necessarily to get angry, but it's wrong with some of our actions. He said, so be angry, but don't sin. And one of the ways that you do that is taking care of that emotion right away. Don't let the sun go down upon your wrath. Be careful. Because the longer you allow that to stew, the worse it's going to get. It's going to begin to turn into some other things. And we're going to see that later on in some of these verses. And so he just reminds us, as Christians, watch the anger, the out-of-control anger. Be careful with that. One of the things we know about God, if the Holy Spirit is trying to help us to become more like God, God is slow to get angry. Slow. We see that 
in Exodus 34, 6, he describes to Moses some of the attributes of God and one that's slow to be angry. He's very patient. Then notice verse 28. He tells us, let him that steals, steal no more. He basically says, listen, a person that is taking things that's not yours, quit it. See, a Christian, notice what he goes on to say. Let him who steals, steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands. What is good that he may have something to give to those who are in need and still is stealing. You need to be a person that gives. And by doing that, you've got to be able to take care of yourself. He's saying you've got to be able to work. Quit stealing, quit taking things that aren't yours. Help somebody else. Help somebody else out. So stealing is replaced with giving. We saw a movie not long ago. This fella was uh, taking his time ch ch chart and he was adding. He was stealing basically 10 minutes every time he was doing his time, his time card. He's getting, he's figured out a way to be able to get 10 minutes. And he said, well, who's that going to hurt? Giving myself 10 more minutes, that's just a little extra money for me, and they don't even notice it. But then as he got serious about Christ, he come under conviction, and he's, he ended up taking his paycheck, and he took it in to his employer and said, hey, I've been, uh, I've been stealing extra time, and I'm just giving this check back. If it costs me my job, so be it. I'm at your mercy. And so that guy was pretty upset, his boss. Then he told him that he had just become a Christian, or he just, just got serious about Christ, and he just said, you know, God's working my life, and he's, I'm sorry. I want to do what's right now. The good thing is he was able to keep his job. But stealing, he says, needs to be done away with. Gail Irwin, he's a, he was a preacher out in California, and boy, he was, he was so good to, to listen to. When he first started out preaching, he was preaching, and he said this little girl was going home, and she said, why is the preacher mad at me? She asked her parents, and they said, well, he's not mad at you. Well, he screams and yells. He's just mad. And so they were talking to him about that, and he said, he just decided he's going to change. And he was going to just change the way that he presented God's truth. And, he, and so he is just, he is so great to listen to. So Gail Irwin, though, was saying that he had, was doing a funeral. This young lady had died of cancer way too young. He did her funeral, and he said at her funeral, when it was over with, one of her friends came up and received Christ as her Lord and Savior. She was just moved. And he said, so three days went by, and this young lady called and showed up at church and wanted to meet with him and and she said i'm just uh, become a christian and she said i've just i'm living with this fella and she said it's just bothered me i don't know why but it's bothered me and she said so i told him he had to leave and she said you think i did the right thing and gail Irwin said isn't it great that she didn't even hadn't even been to church and yet God's Spirit was at work in her life, helping her to want to do what was right. 
And that's what's happening here. Paul's saying God's Spirit is going to be at work in your life, changing you, helping to get rid of the things that shouldn't be there and replacing it with things that should be. So a person that steals should quit stealing and be a person that gives. Negative speech. Notice what he mentions, verse 29, let no corrupt word. Let me tell you what that word corrupt means. It is a word that means rotten. Have you ever been around some rotten vegetables or, or something that's spoiled. Somebody was talking about their, they went on vacation and their electricity went off and they come in and the freezer had been off all that time and all, they opened it up and all that meat was spoiled. Isn't that awful? So that's what we're talking about here. Let your speech can be just like that. The words that you use can be rotten and and spoiled and instead of helping anybody does that type of food help anybody no it harms people and that's what he says here let this type of corrupt speech it should not be coming out of your mouth only what's necessary for edification so instead of gossip and destructive language instead of cursing that needs to be replaced I'd shared some time back where this one guy was having such a hard time with curse words. Couldn't, he just couldn't stop. And so somebody suggested to him, well, just uh, find yourself. Every time you use a word like that, find yourself. So he find himself, you know, $10. Well, he came back the next week and he said, it didn't work. He said, I'm broke. <laughs> I don't have anything. This other guy said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'll pay your fine. You keep up with it this week, and this week I'll pay your fine. He's like, oh, no, I couldn't ask you to do that. He said, I'm telling you. <laughs> I mean, I'm going through over $100 a day. He said, I'll pay your fine. He didn't have any problems that week. He changed. God makes a way for us through His Spirit, through the help of others, to be able to change. Negative speech replaced with positive. He mentions hateful attitudes changed. Notice what he says, verse 31, let all bitterness, bitterness is hostility. Hostility that starts within, that shows up on the outside. And so bitterness begins to take root and when bitterness begins to take root, it begins to develop other aspects. And so here, when he talks about bitterness, then he mentions wrath and anger. So if bitterness is not, something's not done with it, it turns into a grudge. Then it turns into anger. Then it turns into hatred. And then it just develops and develops, and it'll destroy a person. That's what he tells us. These hateful attitudes, you got to let them go. Notice what he says in verse 32. Instead, be kind to one another, tenderhearted, forgiving. Let me ask you something. Kindness, tenderheartedness, forgiving. When was the last time that you were that toward your enemy? See, there's a change because God is at work in your life. Why do you forgive? Because God has forgiven you, and He's at work in your life. Why are you kind? Because God is kind to you, and He's at work in your life. 
And the Holy Spirit is at work shaping, molding. And he's taking these things from you. These things can redevelop. But I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is always in your life. And the Spirit of God is at work. He wants these things removed. And so to even today, we're sitting here. God's Spirit is at work. He's at work in your life. If He lives within you, He's at work. And He's just reminding you, you know what? Yeah, there's some things here that needs to be removed from your life. Now let me also remind you of a couple of things that Paul points out here. It's a couple of things that you just need to be aware of. And so, back up to verse 27 again. In verse 27, look what he says. Nor give place to the devil. So you might say, you know, I'm just going to ignore what God's doing in my life. Here's what Paul says. When you do, you're opening the door up for the devil. You know, I've got a right to be angry. I have a right to get even with this person. Here's what Paul says. Satan just loves hearing that. And you're opening up the opportunity for him to be able to work. That's true in each of these cases. You're giving place to the devil. Do you really want Satan at work in your life? You want demonic forces to be able to ruin your name, your reputation, the church's name, Christ's name? Is that what you want? He said, don't give place to the devil. Look at verse 30. Verse 30, he says, And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God, whom you're sealed to the day of redemption. When you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit has come to live within your life. He's there. He's living in your life. He's not going anywhere. He's there, working and moving. And when you decide not to listen to the Holy Spirit, you grieve Him. He's a person, lives within you. You grieve the Spirit of God. You know what that means? It means you break His heart. We've got people that just lost some loved ones. They're grieving, hurting. Well, the Holy Spirit hurts whenever we refuse to listen to Him, to allow Him to shape, allow Him to mold us. He's at work in our life. Listen to me. God, He wants in every single situation, to shape and mold us. So there's areas in our life that we think, oh, this is just a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. God's allowed it to happen because He's wanting to make some changes. There are some areas that are wrong. And He's wanting to make some changes in our lives. There are some things that have taken place we don't understand, we can't comprehend, but you know what? God is using them anyway. There's some things he didn't, it's not, he, he, it wasn't necessarily his will, but he's using them anyway because he wants us to become more and more like Jesus Christ. And so he's at work doing that. You know what? This summer, we're going to look at some different areas, different ways in which God is shaping our character. But you know this. The Holy Spirit, when, he, when you become a Christian, that change, the process of change is started. You're a new person. You're not the same. And you'll never be the same again. You can't enjoy sin. 
You can't do the same things and feel the same way about it. You can't because the God lives within you. The Holy Spirit is there. And He's at work changing you. There's things in your life He wants out. He's at work trying to help you to get rid of them. Making that change. He certainly... He doesn't want the devil to have a foothold in your life. And the Holy Spirit, who wants to grieve Him? We want Him to be able to work. And we want Him to take part and to make a difference within us. To help to make us like Christ. And so, today, it may be here this morning and you realize... There may be somebody, you're not a Christian. I don't have the Holy Spirit. There's something that's missing. There's a void in my life. I really don't have peace. You may be like Tamika, and you've been baptized, but you really don't have a relationship. That's just being dipped in the water. Listen, give your heart and life to Christ, and today you have that chance. There may be some Christians. There's some things going on in your life, and you've been ignoring God's Spirit. You know you've been grieving Him. And today's your opportunity to come clean. Say, Lord, help me. There's some things I can't do on my own. It's impossible. These, I just can't. And without your Holy Spirit, it's impossible. There may be some other aspects that we've not even gone over. But God's at work. He's speaking to you, and you. He's just telling you, today you need to make a decision. Today you need to make a choice. Let's take a moment and let's have prayer. Lord, we've had a wonderful day. It's been a great day. I thank you for each person that's come today. And Lord, I just ask that now that your Holy Spirit would just be honored. And Lord, that you would help each of us. As you've touched our hearts, our lives, that you would help us to make the right choices. Some need courage to be able to step out in faith. And Lord, may you just provide that. May they just sense and know that you're with them. And help them as they make a decision for you today. Lord, there may be some right now that just need to step out because they really don't have a relationship. And today they just need to make that decision, that choice. Whatever choices are made, may you be honored today, Lord. And may you help each of us to be able just to walk by faith. I pray your blessings now in Jesus' name. Amen.